Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Virtual GM Podcast brought to you by Vibrant Management. We're your hosts, Spencer Halford and Cody Aiden, here to empower hotel owners and GMs with the latest strategies, tips, and insights from the hospitality industry. Whether you're running a hotel, a boutique hotel, or an independent property, our podcast is designed to help you elevate your game and revolutionize your property. Remember, for more resources and information, visit our website, www.thevibrantteam.com. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Virtual GM Podcast. My name is Spencer Halford. Alongside with me is my co-host, Cody Aiden. And today we did it, guys. We got him. He's here. The man himself, Sean Cannell, is here from Think Media. Sean, welcome to the podcast. We're so grateful to have you. Uh, he jumped in and, and the first words out of his mouth were grateful. So we're, we're very grateful to have you too, our friend. Man, thank you so much for having me. Pumped to be hanging out with you and your community. And uh, yes, truly grateful. Life is good. Psyched to have you. For those of you that are new to us or uh, have fast forwarded all the times that we talk about Sean, because we talk about him all the time. Every episode. Every, literally every episode. <laughs> uh, so I uh, just wanted to give Sean an intro. Sean Cannell is an international speaker, coach, and prolific content creator. His mission is to help 10,000 purpose-driven people create a full-time living with YouTube. As the CEO of Think Media and the host of the Think Media podcast, he is one of today's leading online video experts and the world's most watched YouTube strategist. Sean's YouTube channel has over 2 million subscribers, and his videos have been viewed over 150 million times. Sean has been featured in the 20 must-watch YouTube channels that will change your business by Forbes.com. After growing a six-figure income as a teach you or excuse me a tech youtube youtuber he has built an eight-figure online video education company that he runs today well that that's quite the yeah that's a good intro that's a really great <laughs> intro man i didn't even know all that no i didn't either i was like <laughs> taking impressive. notes wow. no kidding man well uh so sean i gave you a heads up beforehand we're on the entrepreneurial operating system program uh our eos shout out to craig andrews our implementer we start every episode with a personal and a business win for the week. So if you want to get us kicked off, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So uh personal win is fatherhood. Um, we have a two and a half year old boy and now a nine month old boy. He just turned 10 months and we just transitioned um, seasons. The first eight and a half months were pretty wild sleep schedules and all of that stuff. My wife, Sonia is amazing. We've been married 17 years um, but I'm thankful for fatherhood and I'm thankful that seasons change our uh, second John Stevens sleeping uh, through the night more or less now. And uh, there's a little bit more stability and running a company, running a family. It's pretty intense, uh, but seasons change. And so grateful for that. And then business win um, is uh, is investing in culture and leaders. It was last week on our staff meeting where I kind of just took a step back and I was like, wow. Like, what does this become in a good way? Um, and our big focus lately has been uh, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage. We've been going through it as an executive team. And the theme is why organizational health trumps everything. So I've just been trying to focus on being healthy as a leader, raise up healthy leaders and focus on organizational health. And as a result, we're seeing growth and momentum. And I was like, man, stuff's happening. The room's full of people that are smarter than me. Um, this is incredible. The best ideas are coming from everywhere in the organization and, uh, just so grateful for a lot of hard work invested in leadership and culture and the results that that's playing out in our team and company. 
That's so cool to hear you uh, reading Patrick Lencioni because Patrick Lencioni and EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System with Gina Wickman, they are like so aligned. It's almost we like read the, Patrick Lencioni yeah, regularly. The first time I read one of Patrick's books, I thought like, man, did EOS hire this guy to talk about EOS yeah. in a more creative way? Yep. And so it's so well aligned. Like we also focus on that business health. And so that, that's really cool. There's some cool synergy there. That's awesome. Totally. Right on, Sean. Cody, you want to go? Yeah. So uh, my personal best uh, – Last night, Theo Vaughn. Do you know the comedian Theo Vaughn? He was yes. in our town last night. Uh, and I always wondered, like, how did he get here? I know he was doing a show in Vegas. But I was like, what was he doing in Zion? You know? Turns out his brother lives in Rockville. What? Rockville no is a way. town, like, 15 minutes outside of Zion, a population of 240 people. One of those 240 happens to be Theo Vaughn's brother. So it all <laughs> makes sense now. Uh, and they did it at the OC Tanner, which is this amazing amphitheater, like, tucked back in Zion uh, that's never really used. And you could tell because, like, <laughs> we had to walk a mile to get into it. Really? Yeah, where in town is it? Yeah, so you would turn at Flanagan's and go all the way back to the canyon. Oh, got it. And so that was kind of a cluster, but the show was hilarious. It was a challenging week, and so to just go laugh nonstop for an hour and a half was certainly therapeutic and healing. So it was really, really fun. Uh, Megan, Megan's my wife. We haven't been married the whole time, but we've also been together 17 years. And so we got to go have a fun night out there together. Uh, and then business best is having you on the podcast. Uh, we wouldn't be here today without have going to grow with video. Uh, and we'll talk about that story in more detail, but, but really certainly. it's, it's, it's serendipitous to have it come to fruition like this. It's really no cool. Kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so my personal, I just finished the book you recommended to me. Outwitting the Devil. Oh, such a good book. It's an amazing book. Uh, Sean, I'm sure that's one that you've read or, or is on your list, but that one is absolutely amazing. Um, and I just closed the the pages on that. I think it was like last Saturday. Man, it it's an amazing such book. Such a good book. And it was really interesting to have like a courtroom interview with the devil and have him talk yeah. about like the different tools he uses to take advantage of drifters and things like that. So I was really intrigued by that book and I haven't been able to shut up about it since... I finished it's it. such a good book yeah and then uh same with cody having uh sean on the podcast representing think media really excited to get into uh some tips and tricks on strategy for our owners and gms that are listening to this and the vibrant community um so uh, let's go ahead and dive into that sean we'd love to just like share with you our progression to going to grow with video and not even knowing that, that conference existed except for three weeks before it kicked off and then now here we are today with you on the podcast. And I think Cody can articulate it pretty well. Yeah. So w I was in the office one day and Spencer comes to me. He's like, hey, I want to go to this conference. I think we got to like because he runs our marketing, right? And he's like, I think we got to do more stuff with video. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And he's like, yeah, it's 500 bucks. I was like, all right, let me think about it. And he goes, well, what, what are you going to think about? between now and like tomorrow. And I was like, damn it, Spencer, I'm just <laughs> deflecting you. Like, let me just deflect. And he's like, yeah, I think it'd be really good. I was like, I don't know. And then he's like, Gary Vee's going to be there. And I said, okay, I'm in, but I'm going. <laughs> so that was like, and at the time I had never heard of Alex Ramosi. I'd never heard of Patrick about David. I'd never heard of Evan. Carl. We lived under a rock. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, which is hard to believe now. Like yep. now that I didn't know, it's like, how did that happen? And so we went to this conference and, and we obviously decided to go to it. And when we got there, it's like, we really didn't know what to expect. I really went to see Gary. Like that was the main, yeah. that was my main motivation to go. Uh, and we weren't doing anything at that time with video, like literally nothing, nothing at we, all. We were doing our, our marketing for our clients and our properties, but it was just still images on, on, uh, on Instagram. I think we had started, you had the idea to start the podcast, yep. but I don't know that we'd even really done it yet. No, we had not. And I left there saying that was the, the best conference I've ever been to. Ever in the history of conferences that I have been to, and I've been to a lot of these. I used to travel the country and speak at these conferences. 
And this was single-handedly the most valuable conference that we have been to, it, it, as even personally that I've been to. And what's funny is I'm actually glad I didn't know who those people were because it made it that much more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. You know, like not even knowing who Patrick yep. Bet David is, and he starts talking, and 30 seconds in, I'm like, "This guy's amazing." Yep. And so it was, uh, it was quite the treat. So I'd love to hear about how that came together and what your objectives were with that conference. I mean. It, it really just blew my mind to have the quality of speakers that you did. I'd love to know how, how you did that. Yeah. So it was a wild journey because think media today is, uh, we're coming up on like year seven. Um, it feels a little bit professional these days because we got like an S corp. We just hired a fractional HR person. We have somebody else that's kind of helping with the staff and we got employee handbooks coming out and stuff. And, we have like a proper org chart and all of that is just absolutely shocking to me because <laughs> I just started amazing. filming videos in my bedroom and I'm trying to figure out how to be a CEO. And so the first few years of business, I was just a sole proprietor with contractors. Um, and the funny thing about creator businesses is, is traditional businesses are kind of like a, a pyramid with a CEO at the top and executive team at the top. And you build them out as you would learn a business school. But in the creator economy, it's an inverted pyramid. The CEO is just a creator by himself and he starts building around himself and it all rests on you. Unless, of course, you are thoughtful and intentional and you try to build an actual media company and scale beyond yourself. But when we first started, I mean, it was just total chaos um, in terms of just structure and whatnot. And so Grow Video Live is actually five years old. First time we did it, we just stepped out in faith and... um Invested, we did at Red Rock Hotel, um, spent a hundred grand on the event, lost twenty thousand dollars. That's apparently bad too. I mean, I'm not, the, <laughs> I'm not the accountant, but I was told, you know, my wife is and she's our CFO today. But she yeah, she was like, Yeah, we we can't like lose twenty grand. Like it needs to be profitable. Anyway, so um we kept going and then the second year we were a lot uh, you know, we learned more about room blocks and hotels yeah. and and getting stuff dialed in, and we were profitable. And uh, where was that one at? Little, uh, it went. We went from Red Rock Hotel to the SLS, which became Sahara in Vegas on the Vegas Strip. And okay. we went from 100 people to 250. Then we were going to make a, a leap up, fly speakers in, because the second year was just kind of us with like some of our students and, and no speakers. First year or two was like a couple friends speakers. Then we we're going to get some and speakers invited confirmed and then the pandemic happened so we flipped it to virtual which also was a major savings for us ultimately we might have done fine in person but all the expenses of flying people in yeah. and all of that once we went virtual was a lot more lean and mean um and everyone still was able to speak just from home and then we did that two years in a row uh because it was still kind of pandemic time but as we went to number four, Growth Video Life 4, as we were getting ready, we're like, okay, let's think about some things. Are we coming back next year in person? Yes. Who would be the linchpin speaker, the celebrity speaker, but not just like anybody? We were joking around. We're like, what if we had like Nicolas Cage? <laughs> like, what? Nicholas. like he's in vegas and a friend of mine was like he'll probably come for like 20 grand like you just drive over like and i was like yeah but who like you I knock mean, on his door say what's up nicholas cage is pretty cool but like i mean yeah. what does that even have to do so we were like brainstorming and i was like ultimately if you think about the intersection of like celebrity influence in a particular niche 
Gary Vee is the guy. Like he is definitively. And even if you think about some of these other guys, Alex is blowing up right now, even PBD, they don't they don't necessarily have that like full on crossover. Yeah. Gary Vee's the guy. So where it, it was like, can we get Gary? Can we lock him in? Um, and then could we advertise that at our virtual event number four as we approach number five? And um, so we found out one, he, he's not only is he expensive, but he's also busy. So even <laughs> even if one is paying him too, but we found out at the time he was one hundred fifty five thousand, uh, which was almost as much as our top line revenue in our first year of business. Wow. Like I think we did one eighty across the board. Like That's my amazing. wife, contractors, yeah. all expenses, travel. Yep. I was like Gary V is getting like our annual budget uh from the first year <laughs> of business where are we even at but he asked you know for full fee which has gone up since then supply and demand um and we didn't even negotiate it or anything because we just realized like this is sort of the linchpin and the momentum builder because the other thing that happens with gary is other speakers just say yes because he's there they're like oh, oh sure. sure i'm in yeah so so we we confirmed gary advertised that and then started building towards it but i didn't realize that I was going to kick a boulder off a cliff and it was going to pick up momentum because then it was sort of like, well, why go halfway? Like, why don't we just hit the gas? And then we found out, you know, that Alex had moved to Vegas and we had a connection to Alex and Layla. And then I was like, my dream would be to have PBD as well. And so it ended up costing us $916,000 to run that event. Oh, I'm so curious. We, we I, were wondering, yeah. we talked like, man, what was the investment to run with growth video? It was unreal. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so almost a mil, and we did a million in ticket sales, um, right, right around there. So it was profitable okay. in ticket sales, which is kind of his historic. Like people are like, that doesn't really. That's happen. shocking it, too. We actually had bet the the under. Yeah, on that. yeah. We said there's no way that they made money on attendance, yeah. but they'll probably make it on their courses and the right. Things that yeah, come like from. on our offer. And so then, and then with our offer, it pushed us a little bit over. But I would say this, you know, going into an event, you you reverse engineer the purpose. The purpose for us was brand expansion. It was pure, absolutely. It was brand. It was content. It was elevating what we were doing to another level um, by playing a bigger game. Like a, you start stepping into like one hundred fifty thousand dollars keynote fees. Like that's just a different caliber. Like, oh yeah, and and from a brand perspective, it was like because we didn't know who Think was either at the time. We'd and never heard of you when you put together yeah. a lineup like that. It's like this. this so here we are. This I mean, is there, the guy. That's, and that sort of speaks to what what we were, we were you know attempting yeah. to do was just sort of expand and then. One of the things that we specialize in, though, is content itself. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes events make is they really don't leverage the content very well. So um, whether that's sessions you release, clips of sessions you release, micro content you release. I think media right now, we post 350 pieces of content a week. So I'd say we're pretty wow. efficient at content. And that's not... Can, uh, can you back chaotic, that up? You just said 350 pieces of content every single week. Yeah, man, I thought our numbers were sweet. Okay, I'm not. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> can, can you tell us about the 350 pieces of content every week and how that is actualized? Yeah, what's who's that? Where's like? it going? And and what type of content are you doing? Um, so you know that's also a Gary V ethic uh, towards social media, which he did a deck a while back that was like called 87 pieces of content or something. I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, I do remember and, that. And and people critique that or they hate on that, but it really is modern marketing. Um, because what people people think is it just busy work or is it just vanity metrics? But if that were true, then of course you shouldn't do it because that that would 
ultimately be foolish and not wise. But the the flip side is if I can create systems for this and teams for this, and if there's a positive ROI to this, and if there's infinite scale to this because of team and systems and because of the era we're living in social media, then when would I stop? Why would I? It doesn't, it, it doesn't even have to be, a, it's not a hustle culture thing or anything. It's a organization. It's, 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 you have a plan, you've got certain systems. So, you know, one thing that's helpful is video podcasting. So because I, video podcasting is the best content format in the world, in my opinion, for the top of the content pyramid, because when you create a video podcast, there's so many micro clips of content yeah. that can come out of that. So for example, we actually have one editor focused on, they're doing two vertical videos a day and not all video editors are the same. This is, these are the bottlenecks in it. Like some people can just edit video, but they don't have the marketing mindset, the strategic mindset. How do you hook the content? How do you position it? This individual is an expert in TikTok and, um, kind of like, uh, grabbing attention more of a Gen Z mindset, but I think it's completely relevant for all ages because attention, you know, spans are shortening everywhere. So just like really grabbing attention and finding single-handedly the greatest moments out of a podcast that'll do well. I think the other commitment is knowing this, that we found that if, and we do two a day, two vertical videos out of long form content per day, 62 a month. Um, but then multiply that by Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, TikTok, I and see. YouTube Shorts. So we count on like those four places. Of course, would be yeah. Post. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah, of course. Yep. And so, um, but what's interesting is that, uh, and I've heard some other people study this, they only want like one or two, like on TikTok, they only want one or two a month that go like millions or multiple hundreds of thousands. You're, you're playing a game where you're getting 200, 300, 400. So if you look at those numbers, it's very discouraging. You're like, this is not financially paying off. This is not, but on a, on a month basis. And, and then the other way we look at it is what we pay this individual is actually an agency. It's almost eight grand. Um, we lose money if we were only playing the TikTok game. Right. We have got followers, but it's been vanity metrics. They grew, grew us from zero to 350,000 followers. Now we have a think brand and a personal brand account and, um, my, my personal brand. And, but there's, we, we track, we have like LinkedIn bio and there's different things. We have our courses or books or our event, whatever. But TikTok doesn't really convert. But here's the key. We have the vertical video asset. So even whatever happens on TikTok, I'm like, that's cool. Maybe we're branding and building up awareness, a younger generate, like whatever. But then what happens next? Well, then it goes over to Instagram and also goes on Facebook Reels. Okay, that's interesting. It goes on to YouTube. So we have more reach on these other platforms. We could even post it on LinkedIn or Twitter or other places mm-hmm. or threads if they allow videos. I was going to ask yeah. if you've already embraced threads. Have you guys already started posting there? 14,000 followers, zero My man. to 14,000. <laughs> uh, but as I land the plane, I think the, uh, this is, this is the money idea of the podcast is this one thing is posting these vertical videos we create. So it's, I think it's important to not think of it. It's not a TikTok or a YouTube. It's a vertical video. It's a You're vertical right. video that's less yeah. than 60 seconds. That's on brand, you know, sharing the message you want to share. And. We have every once in a while, those get decent reach on Meta, Facebook, Reels, or Face uh, or Instagram. But we've had a couple that get a couple hundred thousand views, and we've had a couple that get millions and even like 30 million. Then you have paid retargeting in ads, which drives our cost per lead down. And I just checked with my ads guy. 
as much as a dollar CPL um, and Whoa. has and creates huge warm audiences that we can then retarget with ads. And are you retargeting so, based off of like video views and engagement? So like, for example, correct. if someone watched like 50% of a video, you reserve them a remarketing ad with some type of offer, for example, like a free course or a percent off or something like that. Would and that, that be your my strategy? Friend, and usually, yeah, usually something free, like a free class, Okay, um, a lot of different things that we have. But that right there is completing the circle of life in The Lion King. And, like and are that, you taking that from your organic library? Not to cut you off, but when you run something, let's say like on a meta product, and it's a, a real, are you then running off of all videos or are you running off a specific video for your remarketing? We create, uh, we create uh, Jeffrey and our team creates different audiences. Okay. That would be video views um, broadly, more specifically. He slices yeah. and dices all kinds of stuff, Love you it. know, cool. and sees what works best. But but again, so now if we go, okay, it's $8,000 a month for 62 vertical videos that we post all year long. Now, mind you, it's also leveraged because you can repost them. You know, two months goes by, three months goes by, you repost your winners. Well, you guys will still post stuff from growth video. I'll still see that content. 100. And so not only still from growth video, but like perhaps the same clip because ain't nobody remember. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And then really quick. So our library of videos continues to grow. But now when we then do a campaign um, like uh, uh, a, a challenge or one of these events that that is a big revenue generator for us. Like we did earlier this year, we grew an email list from zero to a hundred thousand on one challenge. Amazing. Um, at like one seventy five a lead. I know there's lots of variables in that, but like this is insane. Can and you so talk while, about that so, challenge? How you did that? What that was? And also with the audience listening, CPL is cost per lead, correct? Yeah. Okay. So so that's what you're talking about there. Can you talk about that challenge and how you built that? Hey guys, thanks for sticking with us on this episode of the Virtual GM Podcast. We're passionate about sharing our latest strategies and trends to help you make your hotel the best it can be. For more resources and to stay connected with our vibrant community, don't forget to visit us at thevibrantteam.com. Before we continue with the second half of this episode, here's a quick action you can take to transform your property. Book a free consultation with us at www.thevibrantteam.com and on our homepage, there is a book consult button Click that, schedule a time to chat with me, and let's learn how we can elevate your hotel together. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions in the second half of our episode. Yeah, and so a challenge, um, my friend Pedro kind of helped me really like learn what these are. The cool thing is about a challenge is um, it's best known as like a fitness challenge usually. Yeah, okay. So in January, you'll be online and somebody will be like three-day fitness challenge. Uh, you know, or five days, lose 10 pounds. Um, you but evolve challenges into could be anything. It could be, you know, a three-day challenge. It could be a 21-day challenge. Like 21 days, it might be an email-based challenge. Like yeah. 21 days to learn how to set up your website. 21 days to learn how to... Got it, okay. Um, and it could be religious. It could be like, you know, 21 days to learn how to understand and study the Bible. And so challenges um, in today's world are probably one of the best forms of marketing because it's things are noisy. Um, and it gives uh, like a compound effect to add value, build relationship, get to know people um, and different than just like one webinar that nobody shows up for or different than like the uh, just a shallow social media post where you get an impression, but you don't actually have depth. So the people that go through a challenge, 
if people do business with people they know, like, and trust, it's the best environment for someone to actually truly get to know you, for you to truly add value first, for them to, um, you know, start to develop some trust. And so then if you make, you know, an offer of some kind, it's also the logical next step for many people. Like, this was great. And you got me RIA. You got me results in advance for free. Um, and sometimes people do paid challenges, though, too. And they there's so many different ways you can also monetize around them people want the vip experience the, they want the workbook so you see um, this as kind of like the gary v jab 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 right hook approach like give them all the value and then you're making an offer at the end yeah and jab 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 right hook applies to everything at all times everywhere sure. right so whether a challenge would just be a different and then i think the thing about a challenge too though is it doesn't hit every personality type because some people are like five days i don't got five days so I think the missing piece for most marketers is that whatever your thing is, you could have uh, like a you could have a mini webinar, like a fifteen minute presentation and make an offer. You could have an hour long one and make an offer. You could have a five day challenge and add a bunch of value and make an offer on day three and day five. You could have highlights from the challenge and then let people know what the offer is. You could retarget with like a long form written sales letter and make an offer. You could you know do email marketing with a 21 day follow-up sequence, or in some cases, a six month, nine month year long follow-up sequence and just keep adding value. And the most sophisticated would do all the above. So I've got a question for you. Uh, maybe we can have a little, a little think pot here. We've got a property up in Eugene called the 505 and he is this amazing designer. He, uh, his claim to fame was getting on HGTV, building these tiny homes. And so he took this old building in downtown Eugene and made all these incredible suites. So each suite has its own unique theme. And because he had operated on Airbnb prior to engaging with us, he has no customer base, right? Because if someone books on Airbnb, mm -hmm. they, they are Airbnb's the customer. They are not your customer. So now we have just converted him over. We built his website. We're, we're starting his marketing. And now we have direct bookings, but we don't have any consumers because we don't have any emails. So for the people listening in hospitality, what, let's brainstorm. What is a challenge that we could do for like the 505 to try and create a distribution list? Do you have any thoughts on that? So um, in the case of like your community, there's just two fundamental first principles. Are we talking B2B or B2C? B2 Both C. are huge opportunities. Yeah. So like an offer to other Airbnb people that want to do better or an offer to niche hotels that want to do. So like helping people monetize in the 67 different ways that independent hotels don't realize they... So, okay, B2B. So B2C, I would, I would probably go... You could do something that's like travel hackers. You could also do something that's like... Um, uh, uh, Airbnb hacks, uh, you know, VRBO, Airbnb, like, um, you could do something uh, at the university. Cause obviously a lot of people are going to Eugene because of the university of Oregon, totally different sporting events and Nike, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. And so what's the goal again is to build a list though, of somebody that would potentially book an Airbnb. Uh, yeah. So ultimately he doesn't have any, any distribution list because he never had any clients. So we want to build out a list so we can start marketing to them. Cause we'll do an email campaign at least once a month for each property. And so how can we, what's the fastest way for us to grow a list for him that we can start marketing to? And, and I mean, I guess it's also though, like, would you only have local clientele in Eugene or would people, is it really a destination and people come from all across the U.S.? It's both. Yeah, it's it. both. Yeah. The destination would be the Oregon Ducks. That's the main driver is their sports. And then also Nike headquarters is, is only a skip away too. Uh, so it, it's, yeah, I think the big idea, I mean, you could also, you could start a newsletter, um, 
And, but, and, and there's other ideas than what I'm saying here, but like, if you just get, like, I often heard about this, like, uh, like if you want to sell a book, um, chances are not only chances, the only person who will buy a book is probably somebody who's already bought a book and somebody who's never bought a book. Uh, you probably can't get them to buy a book too difficult. Yeah, that's good. Knowing that like, you know, also too, like, oh, this person's already bought a, a leadership book. They're not going to buy another one. Are you kidding? You guys are readers. You have 167 leadership books underneath, you know, like right. on your nightstand sure, right now. Right. So, so like actually, so all that to say is, um, the, my question would be, how do I build a content marketing asset that's like a podcast or a newsletter or a YouTube channel that, and there's a very difficult question to answer that has consistently generic value that somebody would want to potentially listen to it every week or check in with it at least quarterly or whatever. So, so they would then maybe be identifying like your absolute best customer, somebody who travels a lot, somebody who's like a high ranked Airbnb person, somebody who's financially insensitive, somebody will probably jump on a plane, somebody will be so like you kind of think through. And then if, if you had a list of those people, then it's also bigger scale because if you're, I mean, if you're just trying to like book it locally and what, like this is a lot of effort to go to, if you had like one Airbnb that you're trying to get booked. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And he has so, what, 16? He, yeah, he's got 12 like in this particular building and then he's doing yeah. another building that's just around the corner that will have another 12, I think. And, and it really then is. I think the cool thing about an asset like that though, is so, so then you're like, you're able to like continue to add value and be like, P.S., there's a few spots open or PS, like we're doing a discount or PS on the email, like, you know, and, and let people know about your thing. But then you also could like biz dev. So someday an Airbnb competitor uh, pops up, you've built an email list of 50,000 people that are of this type of thing. And it, that competitor wants to pay you a quarter million dollars because mm, they realize, yeah. and that's a very that's real I never even thought of that as yeah, like an sales. And thinking about the owner of this property, Jordan, he could do so many cool things because he's he's this incredible designer. So he really could build out. Yeah. On, he really could make a YouTube channel that would get so much interest that wouldn't just be interested in like, oh, I'm interested in booking a hotel. It'd be I'm interested in design and tiny homes yeah. in the Oregon coast. And oh, yep. it just so happens he's got this incredible property. Now I love him as a designer. I can go experience his design. Yeah. And we've also talked about Shelby Church. No, I have not heard of Shelby Church. So Shelby Church and Monica Church. I believe they went in on a, a Airbnb in uh, Palm Springs and they branded it out. So they made it like the pool club or something. They have like merch that you could grab when you get there and like pickleball paddles or something. And they got a cool pool. And I mean, of course, Coachella, all that stuff. But they also have sizable YouTube channels and, and Shelby will do stuff about now she is kind of branded herself as touring unique Airbnbs, but then she also has her own. So it's kind of, so that's, I mean, that's the other idea. Like you just build HGTV, build a show, build a, a, a show that is consistently watchable. And then, and then also leverage that influence to promote your own projects, your own things. That would also be like the modern model that of why building a personal brand, you could also build a company brand, but why building a personal brand is the greatest asset you could ever have because you had, you just have attention. So then no matter what you launch, if you're Logan Paul and KSI, you launch prime sports drink. If you're Mr. Beast, you launch a chocolate bar, Feastables and Mr. Beast burger, yeah, which burger is ghost too. kitchens. Yep. 
if you're the rock, you launch tequila and it's a couple billion dollars now. Why? Because you're the rock. It was the personal brand yeah. and a celebrity there. So that also could be uh, like the greatest email newsletter for travel hacks, things that are happening, airline discounts and whatever else. And the level of affiliate marketing and and, and different monetization avenues and building that are huge. So I think it's also... I would I would think build like I would think like global or national Im- impact scale and build five new revenue streams and build a media company would almost also become my primary thought. Sure. And then the 18 Airbnbs I have in U- Eugene would be just like lifted because a rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. I would be thinking, how can I hire and automate that more so that my next move is build a media company? So following the think media really the gospel of think media would be you would create long form video as some type of show or podcast or something like that and then disseminate and cut down into micro clips you guys are posting two times a day right now across four to five platforms so really your goal is take up as much online real estate as possible and then run remarketing you know that might work for a property but that i know that's worked really well for you guys so that actually could be something cool that we recommend to them yeah that and 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 Perhaps a video podcast is the best format, but maybe not because I mentioned like HGTV, that's going to yeah. be harder to produce. Um, however, it could be more of a vlog. It could be yeah, smartphone yeah. based if yeah. you've got the a good thing, editor. Or... The thing that came to mind for me was like van life is really starting to take off. You know, like yeah. people are getting monetized on YouTube for that. They're getting sponsors. Yeah. I have a friend that lived in St. George and now she's sponsored by Dodge for her, her ride around van. Uh, and they like pay for her gas and they pay for food that's and awesome. things like that. It's amazing. But it's because she's documented how she's living in this van, right? Where for Jordan, he has these uh, really amazing units, each one of them with their own theme. One of them has an actual Oregon Ducks hardwood court on the wall. Yeah, so cool. Which is amazing, right? And so if you can document that, then there's probably a way to... Yeah, he's got a good enough story to tell that would would create intriguement, right? And all of the really unique Airbnbs he has. Something interesting that I was thinking too, you just talked about a personal brand and how you have done 350 pieces of content per week. Now, I imagine that's a combination of Think's brand and your brand. Have you found a sweet spot for personal brand? Because I feel like a company can can do more than an individual because I think people would have a propensity to be less like frustrated with a company doing so much content and more frustrated with an individual. But perhaps I'm wrong. So what are your thoughts on that? When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I think you're wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, Elon Musk, like personal brand. Yeah. Like polarizing, but like what the, the, the power, and we're not necessarily talking about pieces of content, but I think Elon Musk has influence, we know, and so does Tesla on its own. Sure. I also think now point. Tesla... Has it crossed over? You tell me. I maybe. I bet. I, I think there's probably people buying Teslas because it's the cool thing in the yuppie neighborhood, and they're not Elon fans. 
that yeah, might I be would true, agree with but that. I still, yeah. for me personally, if you say Tesla, I think Elon. That's, I bought my Tesla because of Elon. Yeah. And, I, and if I just see Tesla, I think of him. Certainly. No, Less than I think but of But I, I don't company. think of whoever owns Polestar or... No, or I don't even know who does. Not a clue. So I guess, I guess what I'm... The, the answer, uh, kindly responding to your thought, is, is that... Uh, no, it's both. I think, and and that's what we're doing. It's it's is both as well. I think that um, we are we're building up official Think Media. What I also realize is uh, that's our Instagram handle, but th- we're building up Think Media. And one of the reasons we're able to get to three hundred and fifty a week is because Nolan posts videos, Omar posts videos, and we can chop micro out of those. So we have multiple creators yeah. Yeah. on a media brand, but they all, we also all have individual personal brands. And so I think I, I get companies small mid large are are fearful and hesitant of it but personal brands are always resonate more people connect with personalities because we're humans so i think that like for example if i was a hotel owner um one i think if you don't aspire to have a personal brand that's fine like because if you could have a successful hell, uh, hotel and have lifestyle and have uh it de- things delegated and you don't this doesn't sound interesting to you and you don't want to create all that content well then you definitely should it because it takes work and energy yeah, sure but but it'll like elon musk the rock steve jobs oprah personal brands give you in conor mcgregor logan paul like they just give you insane leverage you're mr beast you're gonna blow up and take things to a whole nother level and the the brand itself can also do its best um to to grow and they can growth hack each other yeah. but one the one other mindset that i would address is you might frustrate people if you post too much two thoughts number one probably true number two it's still probably short-sighted because the two people that comment and are offended and stop following you fine because you just gained 2000 sure because you're you're playing yeah. the game it takes as many at-bats as possible vote at, if they also opt out because you're talking too much about the thing that 97 percent of your following subscribe for and wants but oh you've changed and you're posting more you just have to ask yourself do you want to be stuck in the past or are you pressing into the future so that's a, it's always, it's kind of a, there's no doubt about it. You sometimes get pushed back when you move into that, but algorithmically there's just untold benefits of stepping over that line. And what ends up happening though, is I do think people overestimate, oh, people already saw this. They overestimate how many people are paying attention. They overestimate their follow, follower count. They, they over, they, they look at their view count and they misunderstand it. They overestimate what an impression is worth. The world is just so noisy that if you're not... This is, I'll land the plane illustrating it with this. There's a famous law in marketing called the law of seven. That if you wanted to break through in your messaging and marketing, you needed to repeat it seven times. They would do radio jingles. And so that eventually you heard the jingle and now you're at the grocery store and you decide to buy Crest and not Colgate because it's stuck in your head because of repetition. Google, think with Google, has done many studies now that have revealed that the law of seven is the most outdated and irrelevant marketing law that possibly exists. That we're talking about more like it's the law of 27 or 50 or 60 touch points, even to get a qualified sales lead. They studied somebody that was shopping for a minivan. They called her Susan and they went through the entire entire buying process because they could track Google searches, YouTube videos, uh, social media she engaged with, uh, reviews she read, consumer reports she read, and that she was at something like 400 and 
44 touches before she finally decided to make a buying decision. So one of the reasons that that tracks back to the sober logic of why this level of volume is relevant. It's just simply a matter of um, how fraction, you know, how fractured attention is. Oh, I, if I already post on these other platforms, the people who follow me on YouTube are going to be annoyed that it's also on Instagram. Are you kidding? They, they're not that tuned into you. And they either won't notice, they won't, they will never see. They'll forgot they watched it. They'll watch it again. They'll never see it because algorithmically they don't. They were on vacation that week, but too many people overestimate the one person who's like, dude, why are you posting so much? There's always yeah, like one that's comment good. that's like, why'd you post the same video on multiple platforms? Which is, you you got to always look at the real math. And that's that's kind of like haters math. It's like one yeah. negative comment plus 99 positive comments equals one negative comment. Like you only see... <laughs> But but look at the look at the actual. So I'll look at YouTube videos and I'll get like a, a a mean comment or a critical comment. But there's still a like button and the dislike button is back, or at least in some places. And I'm like, ninety eight point seven percent approval ratio, like like ratio of this video. Yeah. And I'm reading the comment that's like, this video is dumb. Why are you so stupid? <laughs> and that like cuts, man. I mean, that's yeah, like, yeah. you know, and that kind like, of becomes why, why the one. Like, why are you balding in the front of your head? Why <laughs> one guy goes, why do you have the face of a boy, but the hair of an old man? Oh <laughs> and so, people I mean, people, it's cold out there. The comments are a dumpster fire on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I got to go back to the math. And if if you got an 80, a 98.7%, I wasn't getting those kind of scores on my grades in high school. Like, that is an A+. plus. Like, that is, and, and um, so anyways, I think that, to that end, it's both and it's hit the gas. It's scale it up. I think it's play the volume game across platforms, across. And, and to that end, a lot of people have their favorite platform. So they engage. I had one guy the other day because I asked and I articulated on our video podcast. I said, hey, and I know that you can't really comment on the audio podcast, but this episode is meaningful to me. I'd love to have a conversation if you have time. If you go to the video version, I'll leave a comment. And a person came over and said, I, I only listen on audio, but you asked me to come over here and leave a comment. And all, all I can do is rate his review on the audio platforms. Um, and so the punchline is, yeah, it's 350 posts, but for the average person, I'm lucky if if they see me once a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's actually a great takeaway too for our hoteliers is that the hotel industry is very loud and there's lots of competition and you're competing not just with the other properties within your area, but also the Airbnbs and the Expedias and the bookings.coms and they're being much louder than, the than most of our properties are, gasoline right? prices right now. And yeah. so, so you've got to be willing to be in that space and, and also be loud. So I think that's really good. So taking us back to think then, so you really talked about what the objective was. Uh, you were profitable at your last one. So did you guys as a team collectively as think, did you, deem that event to be a success yes we we uh viewed it to be a success um and it wasn't also without challenges and we actually took a break off this year like yeah i was gonna ask about that a win we took a break off this year because of how intense it was it was almost like the analogy i'd probably give is like we were training so hard and we finally did a marathon, but we still probably weren't fully ready. And so ultimately we were kind of injured after. 
And so we, we needed a wise time of recovery. And our company theme this year is built to last. And it wasn't just growth video live. It was just how much growth we had had, how much that stretched us. And what I also was reverse engineering was, um, cause it's coming back next year. We're already in the works. We're getting, oh, yeah. Uh, we, we got on the presale list and everything. Yeah. We're, we're ready. Sweet. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, and it was, it, everything I'm asking now is, is, is this sustainable? What, what is the website know? for that real quick, Sean? Because we've, we've plugged grow with video literally every episode of this. In fact, Cody and I used to film on our iPhones on a tripod set up like this. And we just talk at the phone. And obviously now we're here in a studio. Shout out to blue form media, by the way, who's uh, hosting us. Um, but yeah, we need that website too, by the way, <laughs> that's our producers. They want the website with video live.com grow with video live.com. Anyone listening to this, absolutely go and register for pre-sale. There's nothing you're just putting in your information so that you can get the information about when the tickets go live. Um, do you have any more information on it? Any teasers you can give about it at all? Yeah. I mean, uh, two and a half days, Las Vegas, probably may. Um, and Sweet. it's going to, we're looking at dates. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll have a cool celebrity speaker, a couple headliners. Um, and it's going to be, uh, just sharing all of our latest stuff. We're, we're bursting now both taking a year off and just strategies tactics tips i'm very bullish on video podcasting you are it's it's so inspiring to hear your story and to see your studio and to see what you've done and to see you taking action but i think that's such a frontier for people obviously youtube has launched pot video podcasting where they'll take it if you classify it properly distributed on youtube music as a competitor to spotify and apple but it doesn't matter. That's good news because Spotify and Apple, it's all good news. You use the right tools. You distribute the audio everywhere, the video everywhere. Um, Patrick Bed David is probably like the model. Yeah. They, those guys are um, in terms of, you know, their two hour live shows a couple times a week and then their clips and short form strategy. They're doing 100, 150 YouTube uploads a week, 20 million views. A month, a week. It's, we frequently it's wild. we frequently talk about the keynote uh, from Patrick Bet David as well as Alex Hermosi. Uh, in fact, just what was it two months ago? I found that keynote from Alex on YouTube, yeah, uh-huh. and he did such a good job articulating and giving a, a clear path on how you're creating content, how you dice it up, where you put it, and then how you recycle it. And, and that really was such a value add for us. In fact, um, I ran the numbers just before this podcast because of the value we got there and what Cody mentioned, we were just posting pictures of like the American flag for 4th of July. Oh, and stuff right. like that. It, you know, it was terrible. Our social media was Cause horrible. we didn't start out as a marketing company. We right. are a hospitality management company. Yep. And what we realized is that everyone we hired for marketing wasn't good and we were getting no return for our clients. Right. And so it was like, well, why don't we figure out how to do it ourselves and then we'll offer that service. And so it started out with like, literally what you just said on the 4th of July, we'd post a picture of the American flag and say happy 4th of July. Like that was the extent of our social media marketing. Right. So then Cody and I go to grow with video live. Since then we've published over 200, excuse me, 2,500 videos across all of our accounts. We've had more than 12 million views across all of our videos and we continue to find new solutions for social media. So we've just made an investment with UGC. And so we're starting to use other creators to get a more unique perspective on their content. Uh, And Kyle, our social media manager came up with a really excellent way to guarantee the content as well as offer returns for the content. 
And working in hospitality is so easy for that because we can offer conversations stay, and experiences, yeah. right? But what we've done is we've made it so if a UGC creator goes to one of our properties, they're required to give us at least 30 unique photos of them experiencing the experience, whatever it is, e-bikes, hotels, river rafting, whatever. Yeah, restaurants, whatever, right? And then four reels, all different styles, so like a day in the life, my experience, property tour, things like that, all distributed at different times over the period of a month to two months. But then we own that media, as does the property. And so we can recycle that more and it's allowed Chop us to, it up, reuse it. It's allowed us to get it. Yeah, so much more creative because there's only so many ways that a group of five people can shoot a building. Yeah, <laughs> but that when, never changes. <laughs> no, it doesn't change. But when you bring in other people with new perspectives, with new equipment, with different lenses, uh, with different creative vision. Exactly. Then we really start to see it grow. And so that's our big takeaway with Grow With Video is we've had so much video production and now we own so much more online real estate than we used to. There's a Gary V quote. I was listening to him this morning and he was talking about social media really is like a, a place where you build an online library so that people can experience all those touch points that you talked about prior to buying the car or going to the hotel or investing in a, a video course, right? And Grow With Video really did an excellent job at cementing that for us. And now we live and die by the camera. In fact, we have said Grow With yes, Video and just press record no, I, this is not, I'm not being hyperbole. This is not being facetious, Sean. No short of 5,000 times between yeah. when we enter the conference and today. It is an absolute success story for you. I think it's got to be really cool because obviously your hope is that people leave and they use the tools that you provided and, and they find success in their lives. And yep. and we were really just so blown away. And that really was like the tagline. Like we record everything now. Like no matter, in fact, we had a scammer um, text message Spencer me. pretending to be me to try and get him to buy gift cards. And we made a funny video about it and filmed the whole thing because it's like, oh, let's just press record. And like, so we always say just press record. We we're, always we'll say be driving with, with Kyle. We'll be like, Kyle, you growing the video right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just went to a conference in uh, Las Vegas, the hospitality show, and we brought Kyle along, our media director, to get all the content. And we were doing something. I was like, hey, Kyle, don't you think you should be pressing record right now so we can grow a video? <laughs> and it has just been this amazing transformation. We wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for you. And what was so fun is I think it was Omar gave a talk about like, okay, here's how you set up. If you don't have the camera, you can use your phone. Here's your lighting, all these things. So we started with the cell phone and we had all the trials and tribulations, right? Ring light, we didn't get an audio. We kept moving around my house and all these different places trying to find a good background. We bought a really nice camera. Turns out it only records for 15 minutes. We didn't know that. We went through two cameras, went through different cell phones. Like we did it all, but we're like, you know what? At the end of the day, we just have to do it and we'll eventually get there. And then thank God we found Blue Four Media and here we are in a studio. But it really, all of this stemmed from that conference. Now we've gotten clients from our podcast. We've gotten clients who have come to us. In fact, one client came back to us uh, for marketing and said, I have seen you guys doing all this incredible video work on all of these properties. And it just really inspired me to want to work with you guys again. And that was a reflection uh, of the efforts from the video. In fact, we started an e-bike company um, in Zion called Greater Zion e-bikes. And we didn't have a lot of money to market it. It was a brand new company. And so we were just growing with video because the, the content's so great. And one of our reels has 7 million views. Right. And we started with zero followers. And it's just our team riding e-bikes through the canyon with a trending audio. Right. That and is all it is. What would we have to pay to get 7 million eyeballs on this new? We could have never afforded it, Correct. you know? And so I think for anyone listening, 
our audience and yours. No matter where you live, every airline has a direct flight to Vegas. You can fly in spirit for $12, you know, get to <laughs> Vegas and do not miss this conference. Because if you take the, the, the principles and the practices from the event, it truly is a transformative thing for your business. And there's no way you don't recoup that investment. There's a massive success. Appreciate the kind words, man. Blown away. That's amazing. And so, uh, yeah, humbled and grateful. As are we. Uh, we've got a couple questions for you. Hold um, on. Let's talk about LinkedIn really quick. Okay, so yeah. the other thing we got to say is after that video, we're like, Sean Cannell's the man. Like we have to become best friends. We with were him. like Sean Cannell disciples. Yeah. He lives in Vegas. Literally every episode we talk about Sean Cannell. We'll say Media. shout out Sean Cannell. Shout yeah. out. Every episode, Every episode we say it. Sponsored by Think Media and as so a joke, right? We turned on notifications on your LinkedIn. So every post that you did on LinkedIn for one year, we liked and commented on every single one. That's wild. I, w- I need to be a little bit more. That's like my least active platform. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're we like, noticed. dang it, Sean. Like, we are aggressively <laughs> pursuing you. Yeah. We would add, we'd, I think we sent like... we. So many, so many messages. Over just, 500. Just to try and get to this place that we are now. And, and I just want to say thank you. And one, taking the time to be in our podcast. And two, for creating the event. We're just so excited for 2024. Uh, and it really has been transformative for us. In fact, we've created a new marketing company. As an offshoot of Vibrant Management called Vibrant Marketing. And truthfully, that company wouldn't exist without having gone to the conference. And even for myself, I wrote a book uh, called Winning the Moment. And so I have started my own podcast as an individual. And I didn't even – when I went to your conference, by the way, I didn't have social media. That's I didn't, true. He I swore didn't, it off. I didn't have an Instagram. In fact, I signed up for Twitter at the conference. And tweeted. And his my first, tweet, first tweet was, I got Twitter so I could post this on LinkedIn. And I posted a picture of it. I literally did not exist in the social media space when I walked into Growth Video. And now wow. my Instagram has 11,000 followers and I've done like 200 reels. And it's Let's all go. because of that. It's amazing. So super inspiring. It's- and inspiring because you're taking massive action. And yeah, looking so I'm so pumped up for everything that's happening. And I think also one mindset people might have too is this idea that plagues all of us of like, yeah, but isn't it too late? Like, isn't it? But isn't like how oh, there's already other people doing it. And what's wild though is Growth Video Live um, 2022 last year, that was pretty late. Like, you, you know, you what you what y'all came out to, um, you could argue like, Oh yeah, that ship has sailed, but now you've seen that the opposite is true. On the other side of taking action, um, there is so much opportunity still. And I think uh, the mindset that we need to adopt is it really is still ground floor. Mark Manson, the author of the book, Art of Not Giving an F, came to VidCon to speak. Um, and he doesn't speak anywhere, but the reason he came was they're like, Oh, you do want me to talk? I want to come to learn. And of course, he's sold a zillion copies of that book. He's got proper media and he was a traditional blogger and has had many blog posts go viral, which was kind of what led to the book. And what was fascinating was he said, no, I'm going all in on this online video thing. So this was two Mm -hmm. weeks ago. I'm speaking to VidCon. I'm listening to his session. And he's like, I am hiring a team. I'm going all media. He goes, I see this YouTube thing specifically and this video thing. I see the next 10 to 20 years, and this is what I'm betting on, and I'm going all in on media. Look, looking so, into the Sean Cannell Think Media crystal ball, what do you see with video in the next 10 to 20 years? Do you still think YouTube leads the way and it's full steam ahead, or wh- where do you see the trend going? I do think YouTube, of course, anything is disruptable, but I think YouTube is the juggernaut that okay. really uh, can't be shaken. You had Mark's point of view on that. As you hear 
uh, Mr. Beast, the largest independent YouTuber, although it's much more of a media company now, people often ask them, they're like, okay, so like, what's next? Are you like ready to become legit? You ready to do Hollywood? Are you ready to do Netflix? Are you ready to do? And he goes, I don't think you understand what's happening in the world. Netflix, like this isn't a stepping stone. This is, this is the end game. Like yeah, YouTube right. is the mm. game. And he's like, um, he's hired a lot of people and he's hired a lot of people from traditional media and they've struggled because they don't have the YouTube mindset. So he has actually found that he's been trying to hire people that are just teachable and learners and can lean into this form of media. So I'm just talking about not just even my point of view, but the authority of the people that are in it and seeing the results and seeing the impact. Um, And I think the other key, though, is there's a reason our conference is called Grow With Video is because even if YouTube gets disrupted, video is not going anywhere. And there are many people that are when you have video assets, there's no reason why you can't be strategic in your distribution. I was talking to. a creator that runs an agency that does video podcasting for some traditional celebrities. Some of the people that were on full house, some people like this, they've got kind of fan bases and nostalgic fan bases. And so they launch a podcast and people want to listen. And so they um, have six shows that they manage and they kind of do everything for these creators from the, uh, an agency perspective, uh, these traditional celebrities. Um, but one of the things, and they're distributing it on all the audio, they're distributing it on YouTube. But now with Rumble coming, Rumble's trying to get content creators to come over. Um, and they are have inked or are about to ink a 1.5 million or so deal to just get exclusive one week ahead, not even exclusive rights to the content, but just to actually have all their shows, their six shows go on Rumble first a week ahead, and then it can go everywhere else after. It's brilliant. So I think what's interesting, you've got Kick, which is a live streaming platform that's um, kind of popular. Of course, you have Twitch, you have other things. When you think about media, period, you think about the show, Patrick Bed David does a two-hour show. Dave Ramsey does a two-hour call-in show. Sure. Patrick Bed David's like politics, Ramsey's personal finance. It doesn't matter what the show's about, right? Like, I, I think that if you can stream, you can multi-stream, um, you can embrace these other platforms. Uh, I think that it would be irresponsible not to have YouTube be a piece of your strategy or even a foundational piece of your strategy, but it would also be myopic to not open your eyes to the horizon. And that goes back to the opportunity of even chopping up micro content. It's awareness. Gary V at our event said, said when I was on interviewing him on stage, that short form is the gateway drug to long form. So Mm. when our TikTok with 350,000 followers now and millions of likes and however many tens of millions or hundreds of views, uh, some of that's vanity, meaning like that's a lot of numbers, like how many people came over, but thousands of people who did not know us now know us from the sustainable strategy I described earlier from just also playing in another sandbox over there on TikTok. So I think that the future of video is incredibly bright. I think that the commitment to learning best practices, sharpening your skill set, and executing in a, I'd say arguably a, a more sophisticated world. You've got AI that is making things faster and simpler. And then in a in one sense, it's also going to make things harder because it's maybe lowering the bar of creating content, your mastery level of understanding and executing an AI 
you you are perfect examples. You know the 673 lessons you've learned in the last year uh, doing all of this stuff. And you just starting messy, punching fear in the face, getting going, and then continuing to learn. And then your thought that you're coming back next year is because you just realized that in one sense, it is a moving target. Literally threads in the last 48 hours is now a competitor to, to Twitter which I don't think is disruptive in the online video sense um, that we know of right now, but just speaks to how, in a way, how quickly things can change. But the wrong move is there's three responses to everything I'm describing. One is you could just run the other way. You could be like, you know, it's it's flight. It's like, I'm just going to, you know what, this is kind of overwhelming. I'm just going to stick with the tried and true. Um, and that might work for a while, but that could be the path to irrelevance and maybe bankruptcy. Two, you could just freeze. And that's where a lot of people do as well. They either flight or they freeze. And they just kind of are like, I'm just going to see how this plays out. But it, yeah, you want to be cautious, but you got to get into the game. You just got to get in and like, try it and make some mistakes. Too many people are afraid, like, what if, you know, I invest some money in a camera or a gear, or, uh, you know, I invest five grand, 10 grand, depending on the size of the business. If I invest a hundred grand, well, what's your R&D budget? You got to have some part of your budget for doing, because even if this thing fails that you try in social, this thing fails, those two things were the experiments that led to the winning things. So yeah. you got to just lean in. The people who freeze are going to lose. The people that run and flight are going to lose. What's your other option? You could either flight, freeze, or fight. You got to be playing offense. And I think there's massive opportunity for people that are starting from scratch right now that decide to fight, which means you're on offense, which means you're learning, you're trying things, you're willing to fail, you're willing to get in the game, get some scratches, get some scars. But the people who take this digital real estate um, are the people that are going to get all the accolades over the next and the time horizon. I also, I'm not trying to be like overly hyped as the guy who wrote the book, YouTube Secrets. Like it's in my benefit to oversell YouTube, for example, sure. or online video. Let me, let me temper it down. I'm aware that I'm like, okay, maybe Elon Nero links us and we're going to be in the holodeck. <laughs> like, it's very possible. Maybe there'll be a time when there's not video because it's, you know, who it'll be just in our brains. Sure. And I don't know. But like for the foreseeable future, when I just look internally and think about our company, I easily see a decade and I see I see a 20 year horizon of this thing continuing to evolve, but continuing to be um, a massive opportunity and continue and, and, and having on roads for people. The adoption curve, you know, like bleeding edge early adopters, like late adopters, you know, I still think we're in the early adopters part of the curve at this moment. There's certain aspects to video and social that are maturing, no doubt. Um, but this stuff just continues to grow. And that also comes off, off of seeing the numbers and being at talks from YouTube executives and video executives at VidCon, the largest online video event. It's more like entertainment based a little bit. It's more kind of corporate YouTube sponsors it. Um, and, uh, and and the numbers they're sharing. So yeah, the future is bright. I think it's time to to lean in. Don't run, don't freeze. It's time to play offense. I think I before Spencer gets his questions, I want to ask one because you brought up Gary V again. As the host and and knowing how valuable Gary's time was, when you guys asked the audience, please be concise with your questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People got up there. And that man gets up there and raps. Yeah, and tell their life story. Was that for you? Like, oh, please let us just get through this because so many people want to hear his response and people were taking so much of that valuable time with like nonsense. How was that for you being on stage with Gary at that time? I mean, because he had delivered his talk 
because because I got to greet him outside as he walked up, which was a full circle moment. Saw that video. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got to greet him. Uh, he did his talk. I asked my questions first and then we got to Q and a, I was, I was sad because else in the room. Um, That's what we wondered. I wasn't, I wasn't like stressed and anxious because yeah. I, I, I mean, I was like, life is life. You gotta sure. let it go. And sure. this is, um, it is what it is. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm empathetic because I deeply care about the experience of the attendees that were hosting and wanting to have a great experience. But I also don't think that they are going to project on us because, and then I will say what was racing through my mind though, was what is the appropriate move here is the appropriate yeah, move yeah. to, to, to like cut them off, to reinforce that, you know, to, to do that. Will Gary do that? Or is the right. appropriate move to, to be gracious and and what is the tipping point of being like sir please stop and let's the next <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was a challenging Co- position to be in cody and i sure. were watching and, and we really appreciated that you got up there and like keep it concise like everyone ha- wants to ask a question and we're like man what a great precursor to this and the first man gets up there and he's like gary i want to rap for you man we're like damn it <laughs> yeah yeah and like <laughs> no pitch and then some guys yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah yeah okay so two questions for you and then we'll let you get on with your friday um just Strictly from a strategy point of view, you're sending out a lot of content to a lot of different platforms. Where are you seeing the the best engagement from like a share, save, comment perspective? Um, I mean, it depends. This is kind of an interesting, it's a good question. I think that we're living in a world where the piece of content itself is the opportunity more than the platform. Fascinating. That's a great response. Yeah, that's great. And I think also what's fascinating is that is good if it does well somewhere, it's different on the different platforms as well. Yeah. So I guess like um you know what I'll experience is when we have we have a TikTok I was just looking at as 4 million views. Crazy shares, crazy comments. TikTok's comment section if if every comment section is a dumpster fire TikTok is the worst. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's also funny though. I actually, and there's something about going to TikTok where I don't take anything personally because it is just, it's, it's almost like so, sometimes so toxic and so mean yeah. that I, I, I tip over like the threshold. I'm like, this is humorous. Like I, I had to get rid of it just because it's so toxic. I can't even, yeah, it is, it's pretty it wild over there. Yeah. And actually sometimes it's about the person I'm interviewing on the podcast. <laughs> Like, uh, and, and so, but I also realize I don't know really how each of these individuals are, but they're usually super chill and they don't care. They're not even paying attention. Um, so anyways, so yeah, it's, it's when the content blows up that the engagement really ticks up. I mean, I would say that Instagram perhaps is my most commented consistently because it's sort of where I am sort of relationally and the people follow me it's, i'm kind of most active there sure so i'm i most often respond to the comments on instagram um but, that's how we ended up here is you commented on something we tagged you in actually yeah. yep so there you go so yep. that's that was the place you were you were hitting yep. me up on linkedin and <laughs> it, time and time again you, my friend you should go back into your linkedin and just look at it and have a good laugh your only notifications for the last year are cody and i yeah for sure. That's so funny. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I think it's, yeah, I think it depends on the piece of content. Um, okay. and, and I, and you could see it all, you could see it anywhere though. You could get crazy comments and shares on, sure. um, on Instagram or TikTok sharing on, on shorts on YouTube is actually sharing on YouTube in general is not very strong. 
but shorts can blow up. We've loved themselves. the shorts. Yeah. yeah. Shorts have been really good. It's We've getting way, <clears throat> way more exposure for us than our long form. Uh, and so it's been a great way to build that. Like yeah. we've gotten subscribers yeah. from doing the shorts and, and I wasn't embracing that in the beginning for my own personal brand with winning the moment. I was like, what am I doing? Like I have all this content. Why am I only putting on Instagram? Yeah, right. And so I just started and it's like, I've gotten thousands of views from doing that. And it's like, I don't know they why I waited to, so long. YouTube and, and Sean, I'm sure you know more about mm-hmm. this, but YouTube seems to be rewarding people for adapting to uh, perhaps an early competitor to something like a TikTok or a yeah. YouTube, YouTube or excuse me, an Instagram <clears throat> reels or something like that. It, it almost seems to be a reward because with very little effort, our videos that we are putting in the same platforms. Yeah. Are shorts are huge, much better reach on YouTube huge shorts. Um, yep. last, last question that I have for you, Sean, just as far as a, a tool perspective, you're taking the same bit of content, putting it into four or five different places. Do you have any type of software that does that for you? Is it a team member that's sending it to all these different places? What's the practicality of this? Yeah, so I've got some powerful AI tools that okay. are that'll help the uh average everyday person do this that maybe is on limited budget, limited team. Mm-hmm. When it comes to best practice though of actually posting myself and mult- a multiplicity of peers across B2B, B2C agencies, personal brands agree that there isn't really one great social media posting platform. Reason That's what being we found is, too. That there's nothing that can get it all out, which is why I was yeah. curious. To ask and, this and, and because, it, or or there is, but it it gets it out with compromise. Yeah, totally. because yeah. yeah, if you're gonna properly like when you upload a vertical video to TikTok, you can select the thumbnail while you're there and write uh, the captions a little right. bit longer now, and hashtags can have a little bit of relevancy, so sure. they could be posted there as well. And not only that, if you do vertical video with, um no music so you something from a podcast like this we're just all talking if you really took it to best practice level you throw it on instagram reels and select a popular song from trending audio and turn it down to 10 or 20 percent that's what i always let that play underneath it makes it a little bit more interesting could actually grab people's ears maybe it taps into the and so it's a it's a vibe but that would be something you do manually because you're selecting that song as you post it to instagram reels so um i think that a couple thoughts on this whole thing strategically. One, um, there's some good AI tools. There's getmunch.app. The app is called Munch. There's video.ai, V-I-D-Y-O.ai. And there's Opus Clip. Opus Clip might be the best, but these three companies are are fighting tooth and nail to, to kind of take the market share. What's cool about them is you could take a YouTube video or another video off your hard drive, but you could take a public YouTube video like this video podcast posted. You drop it in there and it'll, and then you also say what you want. I want square and vertical. I want less than 60 seconds, or I don't care how long they are because it'll do clips, like a four minute clip of one topic. And then it scans what we say. So it scans keywords and it scans trending keywords on the internet. Um, and it's building its AI, so it's it's machine learning about what gets clicked on. There's a features where it even has emoji, so it knows what the emotions are, and it'll even give you kind of the headline of it. Now, it it's not so good that like you don't have to come in with some marketing wisdom and strategy, but it it does. It, you're like, oh, cool. Here's ten clips. You watch one. Mm, that one doesn't really hit. We're like, dude, that's good. Trim the ends a little bit. Maybe title it different. Export. You've got a horizontal or a square or vertical video. Um, 
a friend of mine is a church planner in uh, Oceanside, California. So on a tight budget and on, you know, building his team actually, and, and trying to scale in and have staff and social media. But he's found that again, he has a 45 minute sermon. So a talk on Sundays that he can just throw that into like get munch or Opus clip. And then very quickly and easily find some moments that can become reels during the week. Um, click download, get those on his phone and then upload that to reels. And that's maybe the only place he'll post. Whereas again, you had the opportunity. Well, now you have TikTok content and you can connect your Facebook fan page to your reels and it kill two birds with one stone. So those AI tools I think were helpful. And they're even helpful if you don't want to kind of use a tool like that in the cloud, just for the inside and feedback for it to quickly tell you some cool clip ideas that you might take into a more professional editor. Like there's people on my team that are like, like Nathan's like, I just care too much about the quality. So I'm like, well, that's fine. Use the original files, use Premiere or a DaVinci or whatever. But like the quality of the clips we're finding, we need to leverage AI tools to to think about that. And it might hit something you didn't think of because we mention a brand name and that's trending on the internet. And that clip is then identified by Opus Clip. And there's a lot of other features. Descript is another one that does many things. And what's cool, and then for the listener, Picture all these clips you watch that have captions embedded, that maybe have a headline of some kind, that have some kind of template or look to them, and that you look at it, you feel pretty stressed by because you're like, how in the world would I create that? These AI tools can help you ultimately do that. And then finally, I wanted to share that you've got Pastor in Oceanside doing it himself. Case study number two, you've got Anton Stetner, real estate agent and investor and runs a Keller Williams team in Snohomish commits to posting one vertical video per day. In his case, he is doing a video podcast now, but he would also just go to like phone in his car. Rates are up. Rates are down. Three tips for buying a house. One thing you should never say if you're selling your house. Uh, And just, I'm going to talk about something. And in some cases, against my advice, he'll be like, here's my dog at the lake. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I know maybe the people will think that's cute, but bro, stay on brand, please. You know, like just stick with. So, uh, but, but regardless, like, so he's committed to one plan, one video uh, a week. Second thing he did, bought new Samsung Galaxy 23 or something and committed his 21 to just be the content phone. Third thing he did, was either pays his son or like the front desk team member admin person at Keller Williams to edit. He spends 1100 bucks a month. And then fourth thing is he's realized if he gets them the hook, meaning like the headline, the hook, the opening, uh, if he gets them the information, they're not like skilled enough yet to position it right. And for the listener, like how you title something and if it needs a thumbnail or something, is such a big deal. Done is better than perfect and start before you're ready and just start. But like, as you grow, like that can make or break the entire piece of content. So he's realized he's developed more the marketing mind. So what sometimes happens is um, either his son or that, uh, you know, admin person will edit the video. They embed the captions. There's another good app is CapCut if you just want to add captions. Yeah, we use CapCut actually. Yep. Yeah. So, so like they'll get the video done for him. He'll like, He'll film it on the separate phone and then go out and show some houses and then they'll just, they'll edit it on the phone or whatever, get it ready or whatever else they need to do, but pretty basic. Um, and then upload it to Dropbox. And what he mentioned was that sometimes 8.30 at night, he'll sit on the couch, download his video, 
And then it takes them less than 30 minutes to post it on Instagram, auto post to Facebook, post it on TikTok and post it on YouTube shorts. And that's for a while, that was the only thing he did. And I said, Anton, you know, what was the trackable positive ROI? He said, well, for sure, the phone's been ringing more. He said, you know, in a year, this is going to cost me my time, but it's only going to cost me about 15 grand. One transaction that I track that'll easily cover that. But he goes, but one of the things this this led to, because he also does development in a land deal, he goes, I was just talking with a guy, this is, it's going to lead to a $350,000 like development project that probably has 50K profit for, for uh, me and people he works with. So, and if this kind of ties a thread that ties back to everything we're doing, if you can essentially do in a way, it's more jab, 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 right hook, but it's direct response marketing online, especially when you do paid ads, you get direct response branding. There's a book on Dan Kennedy about this. Never read the book, but that's what the title is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love the honesty. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's the idea that think about if you can advertise your products at a profit and get 350,000 followers on TikTok in the meantime, that's the real game that we're playing here because it's brand lift. You're you're building your brand at a profit. You're you're building your brand not at a negative are the billboards working. You trackably are saying we are positive ROI on our P&L and at our ad spend and in our direct response trackable conversion that's happening through digital advertising. But the byproduct, I remember when we do a challenge, Instagram has a little little thing that says how many people have saw your account in like the last 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it and it said 25 million people have seen your account (laughs) in the last 30 days. And I was like, oh. And it was was because we were running ads. Yeah. So it was was like, and and a majority of my, you could call them competitors, they're mostly friends, but a majority of my competitors, (laughs) they're they're not going to spend a million dollars on ads this year or 1.5 million. So, So if we simply just, all else being equal in our actions and our activities, Who's going to win? And obviously, it's not dumb spending; it's strategic success. Sure. You know, I, I you spent you spent fifty k on ads this year. I spent one point five million. Who has more reach, more scale, more impact, but at a profit? And so it's a it's a flywheel effect. Um, and so back to Anton, you know, him doing that is uh, built his brand. So he's like, okay, I'm getting the followers. I'm getting awareness i'm and this was only six months into it and he goes i see the the long tail effect of this it reminds me of living in dallas levi lassick and travis plum they did um youtube they invested money they making videos they were delegating people videographers they're doing the whole thing they got some leads zero transactions in the first six months dallas real estate agents with the team and the following 12 months they did 90 million top line three million commissions in their pocket, $3 million collected organic YouTube marketing only. So again, seeing the long tail play that can you, can you do it for six months or 12 months at, at no trackable dollars, but Anton was able to track ROI overhead was very low, just doing, you know, vertical videos. Um, and then to answer your question with a masterclass uh, with number three case study is us. And that is, we do have proper editors that edit in DaVinci or, or, or Premiere or whatever editing. Um, we're pulling clips directly out of our podcast. We're doing it with human intelligence, 
not artificial intelligence, uh, although we're leveraging both. Sure. Um, and and then clips are coming out and these and then we have you asked, you know, is a team member doing it? Yes. Mm -hmm. a, a person is behind the posts. We have played with Sprout Social or like woof woof or whatever we jumped in those waters office. too and jumped yeah, right back works. out yeah just there isn't one app that can <clears throat> successfully link to all the platforms and yeah just like you said like you can't do a thumbnail or the hashtag strategy is different on youtube shorts than it is on tiktok right like on our youtube shorts we i just label the video the caption is literally what i would search for a youtube video and it kills it every single yeah. time like one of our last ones was just how to optimize your trip advisor that's all the description said and that would blew up right it's so good. It. Yeah, but I would never do that on TikTok. Sean talked about that exact thing on his most recent podcast that I was listening oh, to cool. this morning. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Well, I think one thing I want to say, and then I'll let Spencer wrap it up, is is you talked about like those guys from Dallas and it took six months and they got nothing. I think one of the best things that I took away from your conference, and I think it was Evan Carmichael, who like showed his subscribers. It was like year one, he yeah. had twelve. And then year two, we had like 242 mm -hmm. and then year three had like a thousand and then year 10 he had a million or whatever right yep. and i remember just being like okay it is the long game like this it's just like going to the gym you can't go to the gym for 30 days and look down and be like where's my six pack right you're gonna have to change a lot of things in your life you're gonna have to commit long term to, to have that level of fitness and i think success with video is the same and don't get discouraged if you're or if one video like our greater design e-bikes one video got seven million views the next one got 200, you know, right. like you just never know, but you got to keep taking at bats. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Sean, we are uh, going to talk about your course for a little bit. Now I know you have an offer for our listeners too. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me on and uh, man, so great hanging out, uh, hanging out with you and your community. But yeah. If people want to um, uh, specifically learn our proprietary process for YouTube, um, briefly stated, we have a course called video ranking Academy and we can link it up in the show notes. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, but my approach to YouTube, our team's approach, and it's what we've been doing over the last 10 years, really testing it seven years professionally, five years, super professionally, and it still works today. Um, and it's scaled across all kinds of channels and niches is still this big idea that YouTube is a search engine and our favorite kind of content is evergreen content. Meaning we ask the question, does this content have a shelf life? Will this video still be relevant in six months? Will it be relevant in 12 months? And we also follow trends because, you know, you could you talk about a newsworthy story, but I have 10-year-old videos that still get views. YouTube pays me on the views. It still grows my channel by subscribers. And as I grew in more sophistication, you want to build an email list, you want leads, clients, you want the phone ringing. When you start having a video you posted a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you're investing in true scale. It's like if you had to cold call for your business, now YouTube has automated that and people are actually coming to you. They're finding you. The relationship is better because you're not cold calling. They searched and found you. They're getting to know you. And then you're getting inbound leads. I've heard it called pros, uh, passive prospecting. So all that to say is we have a seven-step system that we teach inside of this program that anybody can learn um, and, uh, a lot of other cool things that come along with it, but that has been our bread and butter. And so, uh, now fast forward to today and sounds daunting, but I've posted thousands of videos and we could stop posting and still get hundreds of thousands of views a day because of being just thoughtful about creating videos that we would say rank in search or are suggested by YouTube for weeks, months, and years to come, and then are connected to passive income streams. 
we talked about that media strategy earlier, like let's say you had a newsletter or something. Imagine having 10 and then 100 and then 500 and 1,000 different calls to action in an environment where you're adding value to people, you're getting to know people with videos, they're getting to know you. Um, and, and then they're letting, you're letting them know about your thing and they're signing up for your app or they're signing up for your newsletter or they're signing up for more information. And you've been on vacation for a couple of weeks and 10 people signed up, 50 people signed up, a hundred people signed up. That's the dream of YouTube. And YouTube is the only platform that'll give you that opportunity because every other social media platform is a feed that is hungry and is demanding you continue to post. No doubt about it. There's some posting and hustle, especially at the start. But kind of like real estate, I want leverage. I want appreciation over time. I want to invest in something that's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. And that is YouTube. And if you want to learn, uh, YouTube could be confusing. If you want it simplified and want to be able to follow a step-by-step process, you could check out our course, Video Ranking Academy. And I'm sure we can link it up in the show notes. Certainly. Yep. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, anyone who is listening to this, I highly recommend you take that course. We'll put a link in the description. It'll also be Wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever, we'll make sure to put it in there. Sean, I feel like I just have, am experiencing the same high. Yeah, I got a masterclass. <laughs> grow with video again. We are so honored to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Friday away from your family. Thank you so much for being on the Virtual GM podcast, my friend. The honor is all mine. Truly, it truly is. I'm super humbled. And thank, thank you for taking a risk. I mean, I know that you didn't really care about me at the time. Like it was all Gary. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was that we understood that we understood that, you know, they might not, uh, know Gary. They, uh, um, they know Gary, they might not know us, but, um, I'm so glad you got value. I'm humbled by, um, all your kind words about the event, but more than anything, I'm inspired by the action you're taking. And I know you're inspiring your community because you guys are trailblazers, pioneers. Um, you're moving fast, breaking things and, uh, you're learning lessons along the way and adding value. And so you're my people. I mean, I love it. What you guys are doing. It's really inspiring and it's cool. The niche that you have and how you're serving people. And I'm excited. I mean, St. George is close. So like, we're, we're definitely going to come out sometime. My right? man, yeah, let's I was do just it. about to ask, I was going to say, when can we get you up to Zion? We'll put you up in one of the hotels and go for some hikes and enjoy the time. Yeah. Like we, yeah, it's just a matter. I mean, it's that with that kid life, we're asking about car seats and diapers and, uh, <laughs> and travel plans and whatnot, but we're right. so looking forward to uh, all of that. So I look forward right. to building with you guys, even over the next couple of years and, uh, no doubt about it. Um, we'll, uh, we'd love to roll through sometime back at you, brother. We will, uh, got a few things we want to talk to you about off air. Um, so we'll hit you with that, but uh, everyone, thank you so much for watching the virtual GM podcast, Spencer, Cody, and Sean here. Check us out at the virtual GM podcast on Instagram. Check out all of Sean's information. You can find him at thinkmedia.com, uh, grow with video live.com as well. That's definitely one you want to check out. Uh, anything you want to sign off with Cody, just press record, just press record my man. All right. Thanks everyone. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Virtual GM Podcast brought to you by Vibrant Management. We hope you found today's insights valuable and that they'll help you make a real difference at your property. Remember, it's all about creating memorable guest experiences and running a successful hotel. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. Share our podcast with other hotel owners and GMs who could benefit. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Virtual GM Podcast for exclusive content and updates. We appreciate your support. And until next time, keep thriving and stay vibrant.